Welcome to Five Numbers. Tyson Banker with you, Bench Clear Media. I'm really excited to just get going here on another one of my rookie reports. This is my third year doing uh, rookie reports for MLB. So getting the beginning of season 2022, pulled all this data for you, just kind of right in the mid-April time. And I'm going to go through it with no one better than my man, Ty. We're going to hit up this rookie report. I'm really excited for it. Before we do that, a couple uh, side notes here. Really proud of the show you've been putting out, your uh, Chasing Cardboard TV show. If you guys haven't seen it, um, it's all over our our page. We got to go subscribe to Chasing Cardboard on YouTube. Uh, Ty, just give us a little spiel about your show and what inspired you to do it. And I think it's simply awesome. Yeah, thank you. Most importantly, you're in episode three. There we go. You, we, we filmed that together. I can't wait for folks to see our interaction. It, I think it was really good. Uh, no, it's just, it's a, it's an American picker esque type show where we go around looking at collections and we chase cardboard. Like some of us hobbyists always do. And Matt Coleman is an unbelievably talented guy who has made it TV worthy. And that was the point. So it's awesome. It's, man. It's I'm, excited. I'm excited for the season. Um, it, it just, the first episode was awesome. It's exactly kind of, as you described, very, Pickers-esque, um, seeing the negotiations, seeing the conversation with the guys. Um, I think it's what people want to see. It's fun to see that side of the hobby and just kind of see the true collecting that you're kind of you're projecting. I think that's that's awesome. Uh, I also want to give a little shout out. My son's seventh birthday tomorrow. So got a big day for the big seven-year-old. And also hey, early happy Mother's Day to all those uh, mothers out there. You guys do a lot of great work. Uh, big, big weekend for you guys. We appreciate it. Um, but let's dive into the MLB rookie report here, Ty. So I uh, broke it down to top 20. Uh, I think it's kind of the stables are still in there overall. Um, but when we look at some movement, we definitely, I put in there this time to have more data. I put in um, some peaks. So you can kind of see, okay, that guy's at 200, but his peak was 600. You can really see how that market was hot in 2020, 2021, and kind of where we're at now. And we can kind of yeah. talk about some guiding questions again about that, about maybe what's happening with ultra modern, how we will kind of adjust that in terms of the collecting. Um, but we'll go ahead and start at the bottom here, Ty. Do you have any uh, anything you want to open with? No, I'm excited. This is yeah. one of my favorite things you do every year is this. So, <laughs> All right. So 20 to 16, we round out. So it goes from bottom to top there. So Acuna just barely makes it right now at $89 for his PSA 10. So how this reads straight across, I got his rookie year the product he's in, the card number, the value, then the peak, and then the peak time that happened and his pop report. So you can see Acuna is a big reason why he's barely in the top 20 with his over 20,000 PSA 10 pop report. Um, you know, all in all, just looking at this list, it's kind of a little resurgence of our Arenado. He's kind of had a pretty, you know, good at the end of year last year. The Cardinals playing pretty well this year. Lindor's playing great out of the gate this year, so he might start to climb a little bit. The Mets are playing really well. I know Otani's kind of sitting in there. I did switch Otani to uh, top series two because that's now been his most desired rookie card. People actually did adjust to making that their the first rookie being his uh, series two out of tops. And so we've kind of yeah. gone from there. But what's that, what's kind of stands out from this five for you, Ty? Yeah, so I guess real quick, your pricing is based on last few days, right? So this is like early May 2022 pricing. Yeah, I'd actually probably say a little bit in April. I pulled the data about probably 10 days ago, eight days ago, but okay. it's still, I'd say it's pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I actually thought Otani would be higher than this. So that's my first observation. And yeah. and I love I love seeing Lindor and, and Arenado in here. Like right. both those guys to me are just, those are screaming buys. 
I think so too. I mean, Lindor had so much momentum going into his Mets debut and everybody kind of, it's a very common, uh, when guys move free agency that first year, it's usually rough. It just usually yeah. get acquainted that new system, that new place they're playing, new division, new pitchers. There's a lot of things they have to adjust to. And he's, he's playing phenomenal right now. I mean, the Mets have been playing great. He's a big part of it. So I do think Lindor, especially in that market, if that team's successful, that's going to jump up. He might get kind of back to that, uh, he way he was pre 2021 when a lot of people were chasing his rookie card when he signed with the Mets. Um, yeah. I agree. Agree with you. Otani is is low. I think some of it's especially that you know his pop report's pretty low for top series too compared to update. So it's kind of a, yeah. a good little sneaky buy. Um, a lot of people have kind of been gravitating towards his Chrome uh, rookies all in all. I believe because this is still the paper. Um, I haven't convinced myself yet, but I'm pretty close to switching to tops Chrome for our evaluation. Yeah, I, I could see why you want to do that. I. You know, I, I'm glad you put the peak on here because, you know, when you go trade a stock, you look at the 52-week high and that that kind of tells you where the stock could go. You know, if it kind of everything aligns again, it can hit that peak. Right. 450 to 124, that's a wide gap. Right. It makes you feel like there's just a lot of upside and then you factor in there's a pop of 1,060, which in this day and age is just incredibly low. Like exactly. Lindor, that is a, just a massive opportunity. I hundred percent agree. And that's, you know, the same, same time Acuna's will never get back to three eleven because of that 20,000. <laughs> there you I go. Really think, I think that sweet spot for that 2018 update group is kind of like 150 to 200 on the max for that, with that kind of, you know, market cap. Would you, will you allow me to buy one while we're sitting here? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to go snag one. You have already convinced myself to go buy another one. Go buy another Lindor. Or <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Go do it. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're helping people, helping people. That's right. I better do it before the masses go jump in on this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there it is, right? My gosh. It's right there to buy. I can buy it right now for 125. Beauty. Do it. Or if you don't do it for me and I'll, I'll pay you after. <laughs> it is purchased. Perfect. <laughs> the other, <laughs> the other note, you know, Tatis was 21st. So Tatis was right about 85. He's just kind of been jumping between 85 and 95. So he just kind of missed the list when I pulled it. Obviously he's injured right now as well. And he's a big player in this with the, you know, pop report group of the 18 and 19. So he is limited, but at the same time, he will probably creep into the top 20 again if he comes back healthy and starts doing what we expect him to do. Yeah. All right. So here's 11 through 15. Uh, so in here we got Wander. So Wander's in this realm, and wow. obviously that's a little bit because he's still at a this at the time I pulled this, he was at a pop of 337. So he was hitting at 163. His peak's 521, which you can kind of laugh at that one a little bit. That's probably the first, I think that was the first or second one sold for his PSA 10. Um, you got Juan Soto's on here, a really polarizing group with him, Harper, and Franco. They're very big players right now in the league. And seeing when they're at in the 15 to 11 range is kind of shocking a bit. Um, but Freddie Freeman just kind of comment on his, his peak was 440, and that was just in this March when he signed up the Dodgers. He got a couple big sales. I think some Dodger fans saying they had to get some because his pop is yeah. relatively low. Great player, big market, but at the same time, I think that was obviously an overbuy. He's down to 203 yep. already. Uh Rizzo's playing amazing right now for, for the Yankees, so he's one to kind of watch a little bit. It's been nice to see a little resurgence for him. Uh hitting a lot of home runs. That team's playing well. Him and Judge are both playing extremely well. Uh, who do you like on this list or what surprises you in this group? Um, I, I'm still surprised with how low Harper is. I'm, I'm just, I don't know, maybe a Harper fanboy. I feel like after an MVP season, uh, yeah. he, he would yeah. be a little higher than that. It's not a, not a high pop report. I mean, you and I both know 
we're going to get back on in six months and Wander Franco is going to have two more digits in front of that pop count. Yep. Right. We, it, it doesn't matter what PSA is going to charge that, that card is going to be graded. Like we've never seen graded before. Right. Uh, yeah. But, but Rizzo, Rizzo to me is the, is the one here that looks pretty tasty. Yeah. Cause I mean that, that 2011 product line in general is just tough because you got to overpay for it because of trout. Right. So you're not going to see a lot of Rizzo's out there. Yeah, definitely. And we'll talk about another 2011 guy at the end of the show. That's kind of my guy that I think it should be on this list, but Rizzo, uh, I agree. 2011 you know, pop a 655. If the Yankees are playing well, he continued. I mean, he puts together a 45, 50 homer year might be a little bit, you know, oversell there, but I think that's possible. 40 is possible for sure with what he can do. Um, Harper is always weird. And I think the really interesting thing to tie about Harper is his peak is 285. <laughs> You know, you can look at these peaks we have for all these guys. They're all well in the three, you know, three fifty to four fifty range, and he's not even over three hundred yeah. for his peak. So it's just been consistently right there for him um, with yeah. the relatively low pop. So, you know, you look at his numbers. Mike and I talked about him a little bit, just kind of looking at his numbers a couple weeks on uh, on the fly with Mike and the other tie, and uh, <laughs> we uh, talked about his numbers. Yeah, his other numbers just don't quite get to Hall of Fame status still, and he's playing pretty well. So it's going to have to be another MVP or another championship from, you know, bring championship to Philadelphia, something like that substantial could really make the needle move. But otherwise, he's kind of stuck here, I think. Mm. Even though I've, I'm a Philly, he's undervalued for his talent. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah. All right, let's hit up the get to the top 10 here. So six through 10. So we still, you know, Yachty's in here as the Hall of Famer Verlander. It's kind of the Hall of Fame, you know, guys at the top. Right. There. You know, Verlander's come back pretty strong. Looks great. It's been just killing my Mariners. <laughs> uh, Mookie, you know, really struggling. Uh, talked about him on the flagship podcast with Rob uh, a couple weeks ago. He really yeah. hasn't been the same since that hip. Uh, the hip's really been hindering him. Um, so if he can get something going, but his, you can see his peak of 1,000. He's down to 275. Uh, Vlad's yeah. playing pretty well as usual. He's kind of the one that's just been really consistent, kind of as advertised. Degrom's hurt again. Uh, you can see his 235 to 900 peak, but he sounds like some promising. Uh, the Mets are playing well, and they have some promise and some hope for him to come back healthy. So, uh, yeah. who do you like in this list, or what kind of stands out with these five? It's very kind of top to bottom, old to young there. Yeah, it is. Um, this is a tough one. Like, if I, I think my first reaction is Mookie Betts is a sell. A sell or hold it at best, you know. I just I agree with you. I, I, you watch him and he's just not the same player. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate. He has a relatively high pop count, and uh, he's still pretty high priced. Yeah, I'm a sucker for for Verlander. I think it's. A, I mean, obviously he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. Three fifty seven yeah. seems a little high, but if if I'm going to buy somebody on this list, it's going to be Molina. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Molina is a, a steal. I think I'm really just kind of every time I put together these lists, just the Verlanders, the Scherzers, those guys yeah. have just been doing it for a long time. I mean, still now Scherzer's still relatively dominant at his age. It's just these guys are longtime greats. I mean, Yachty yeah. is too, but just that whole catcher thing, you know, how how much of a great will he be to people's eyes down the line? Even though I think guys like you and I have watched Yachty play for a long time, we may value that quite a bit. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure how the people that didn't watch him play will feel. Um, well, but, well, the key there is right, pop 290. Yeah. It, I mean, it, when you're when you're buying like a half a percent of the pop population, when you buy a rookie like that, that means something for a Hall of Famer. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really I think that one thing we have to kind of understand to me when we look at this 2018, 19, 20, this kind of uh, high print run, this crazy pop numbers of Acuna and stuff. 
that Vlad no-no was not a short print per se, but 443 is a great pop for 2019 product. And so, sure. you know, I had a couple of those PSA 10s. I sold one. I still have one. I wish I had them both. I think that's just a great solid pop report card for, a, you know, a Vlad rookie. And it's it's way better. His update rookies, him throwing. It's not a great picture. You yeah. know, his, his no numbers, his the picture you like, swinging the bat, all that kind of stuff. So I really think that Vlad benefited from that kind of sneak him into series two of 2019 yeah i think you're right i think you're right it's, it's right. crazy that we're saying 4400 is a good pop count but it's so true like that right. and you look at some of like the late 90s stuff when it's numbered to 4000 or 5000 on some of those insert and parallels like that's a really good sp yeah. right like yeah definitely 4400 is great i i, I completely agree with you Hundred percent. And then on your on your first episode of your show, uh, you had a gold Degrom. What is, has anything happened with that card yet, or do you still have that one? I do. It came back a nine. That's still pretty good for a gold. I mean, not too. Which bad. I'm happy with. I'm totally happy with. I'm rooting for that guy to come back yeah. strong. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's he is an elite pitcher and he's pitching, but a, a gold top chrome rookie is very very valuable. It's a very nice find you found on your on your show. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right, and the top five. So we've kind of run through this pretty quickly here. So it's a good little quick uh, yeah. rundown of the top twenty. So you still got Mike Trout at the top here. So he's at two seven two seventy. Sorry, two thousand seven hundred seventy five is where he's yep. at now. Now his peak was over seventy seven hundred back in January two thousand twenty one. Uh, Pujols is kind of trailing behind a bit, 2250. I still think that's a nice price for him with a pop of two thirty six compared to Trout. I think there's some really strong arguments that Trout's been overvalued for a long time. And I think that that Pujols arguments makes it pretty strong. Uh, you got Cabrera down there, who's got his 3,000 hit, also a pretty low pop. Uh, Clayton Kershaw and then Max Scherzer with the other kind of strong power arms. And Scherzer, uh, Kershaw's been pretty good too so far for this year. Uh, what do you like of the top five? It's been pretty consistently this top five for the yeah. last few updates. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this top five. I love it. Uh, I mean, for seven grand, you can get one of each of these. And I would feel really good about putting that seven grand in. The, the guy that I don't think belongs necessarily at number three is Kershaw. Right. You know, I, I would take two Scherzers over a Kershaw right now and feel really comfortable. Yeah. But, and I've been, you, I think, yeah, we've been saying this for a long time, but I really feel convinced that Albert Pujols is the best buy possible right now in baseball. Yeah. This yeah, is definitely stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just I feel strongly that I prefer Scherzer and Verlander probably over Kershaw. I mean, yeah. just on longevity, I think Kershaw probably had a better peak. Um, but I just think that Scherzer and uh, Verlander have done it longer. And it just it just to me, that's just kind of my feel on it. Uh, yeah. I agree. You know, some argue Pools is one of the, you know, one of the top hitters in a long time, like he just hands down. So I think that, that 236 pop just screams like, holy moly, that's awesome. <laughs> you think that's a, that'd be a great card to have. There's only 236 of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to that point, I was on uh, Omar's show, Retro Hoops Collectibles, and I think it comes out tomorrow. We were talking about just that 2000, 2001, 2002 era and a lot of people think i can just go back and grab 2001 product and go grade it and the, the thing is you can't because a lot of the cards that you want to get like the 2001 sets, box sets that are bricked mm -hmm. and you cannot get psa 10s out of those brick sets and so that 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 pop count for any of those rookies for pools is not going to go higher and to your point like the dude's in the top five of basically every good hitting category of all time. Right. 
Like yeah. it's, it's not even a debate. He is yeah. a first belt Hall of Famer, and he might be the bet one of the best hitters we've seen in our generation. And he's got a pop count of two thirty six, and like that, just go by the card. Yeah, well, definitely. And I even think about just. I think to me, it's kind of that Ben Roethlisberger thing where he's still kind of playing and not playing at a great level, so people aren't super interested, you know. And so, like, yeah, that's point. when he's gone, then we're gonna really know. I think so. I kind of like while he's just kind of like, you know, you know, just kind of softly playing right now, not playing to a high level. I think it's kind of a good time to get him now because when he does retire, I think it's gonna go to a place you won't be able to reach it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's really, it's really interesting though. When you look at Miguel Cabrera, there, seven thirty right now. He had a peak of thirteen hundred. Just seeing how that he's a really good indicator because nothing's changed from Miguel Cabrera. He's a really good indicator of how yeah. inflated the market was at that point in two thousand twenty-one. <laughs> so that's just, a good point. Yeah. just seeing like that's all. It's double. So like the whole market's come down almost half on a guy that's career didn't change at all. And you know, with not he's three thousand hits now. Even it's gotten better for him since then. So right, <laughs> <laughs> find that really interesting. Yeah, I will say I the last couple of weeks I, I had a bunch of Miguel Cabrera stuff that I got in collections. It started to move pretty quickly after he got to three thousand, which makes sense. Of course, people are interested oh, yeah. again. I've seen a lot of second year and different colors been selling pretty hot pretty quickly around yeah. Facebook and different places for sure. All right, let's get a couple of just questions to close us out, Ty. Real quick, um, what do you what do you think about Trout at twenty seven hundred? Do you feel comfortable with that price? Because he he's he dipped at what twenty one. And we were telling everybody go buy at 21, 2000 yeah. and not obviously he's having a great season so far. Would you I, buy I at just, 27? No, I, I think closer to 21. I would, I think 27. I'm still a little bit leery because I mean, his pop is still, it's higher than Vlad's like, it's not, he's got a relatively high pop. It's he is, you know, the overall the best player in baseball, but you still have the injury concerns. Like he's already got, you know, he escaped an injury scare already this year. Just kind of, to me, it's just a little bit too much. I, I just think he, even at 2100, it's a little bit nervous for me at that yeah. level, 2700 for sure. You know, I look when he's 500 more than Albert Pujols is a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's It scares me a bit. So I would say no. Um, and mostly for me, it's a no because of the pop. I still think he's a phenomenal player. Just that pop doesn't really entice me. Okay. Yeah. How about you? I, str- I struggle. I mean, I, I still think he's going to be the end up being the best all around player of our generation. It's, it's not even the question to me right now. Right. So it's like, is, is, do we see it dip? If, if it dips, it's because the market's dipping at this point, not because trout's doing anything wrong. Like then it becomes just a wait and see and go grab it when the market kind of comes back. But I almost gravitate towards maybe going and grabbing like an SGC trout for a little bit better price i can get a nine five for 1200 yeah. you can get a, an sgc 10 for you know below 2000 maybe a way to play it i don't know yeah i think my logic and this may be flawed just because of my memory but i look at you know we put they put up some numbers of you know vlad jr versus vlad senior and vlad jr is already slightly ahead of his dad in a lot of categories at this yeah. point in his career and we know that vlad senior is a phenomenal baseball player yeah. And Vlad Jr.'s pop is lower than Trout. And right now he is what one twentieth of the price? <laughs> like, so well, you know, like how do we how do you compare that to like Vlad's Vlad Guerrero is on a trajectory of being a hall like a Hall of Fame, but trajectory, but Mike Trout has a lot of injuries, he's had some you know absences and whatnot, and he's at a very he's at a higher pop. So like I'm just not seeing why he's so high to begin with. 
Well, I mean, he's he's on track to break just about. I mean, just about mantle like numbers, right? I mean, right. we it's not fair to compare Vladimir Guerrero three years into his career, For four sure. years into his career, to you know Mike Trout. Uh, at least I don't think so. Right. Uh, and we know Trout has a good five years left, you know, barring any catastrophic injury. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'm, it's more of like I totally agree that Trout should be way more, but it's like twenty times more. Like where where are we where's that line of like the rookie cards that we're valuing? Like because he's you know he's been head and shoulders of everybody in rookie cards for forever for yeah. you know five six years, and right rightfully so. I'm just that's my only hang up with the pop report being what it is for him. How much above everyone he's at? That's kind of like if you buy it, what it, where's it going to go? Like yeah. I think you have to see something else with Trout. It's not just put up your insanely good numbers. If the Angels are going to perform and they make the playoffs, like all bets are off at that point to me. Because yeah. if Trout's in the playoffs and he's making like noise in the playoffs, and I mean he's maybe like threatening to make the World Series and get a ring, twenty seven hundred is going to seem really cheap. Yeah, maybe so. And then, but then the other, you know, counterpoint is: what if they're having this great year in the playoffs, but then Otani wins MVP? You know, yeah, <laughs> he's not even MVP on his, you know, on his own team. Like that's also something interesting to think about. Which Otani's doing crazy things, but another great game yesterday, pitching and hitting for him. But yeah, Otani's the Ruth, and and we got Trout as the mantle. Yeah, mantle did just fine with his card values. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just missing the rings, is all. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> Uh, so kind of, you know, kind of to that point, you know, the key questions I kind of had a couple for you, uh, how do we adjust to ultra modern collecting? I think, you know, I would just kind of, I kind of see that line around 2017, 2018, maybe closer to 2018 where those pop ports have gotten out of control. Uh, we've seen the print runs of wander. We see all these different guys that we want to value that we want to collect. How do we adjust to that, to making it to in terms of a value perspective ty like what is your take on adjusting to this new type of collecting um i would say do your best to simplify the way you collect and figure out what the market likes and we kind of talked about this with the parallels right there's just so much noise when it comes to the types of parallels that it's just confusing as heck oh yeah you know like i i think you just have to understand that the market generally like gravitates towards certain parallels. I mean, right. if, if you're collecting players and teams, it doesn't really matter. Collect what you like, right? Like that, yep. that, that, that never changes. But when it comes to protecting your value, like you, I think you have to adjust in the sense that you really have to narrow your focus. There was no issue with narrowing your focus, focus says 50, 60 years ago, because you had one option. Now you really have to narrow your focus or, or you're just going to get slaughtered with just the oversaturation of the market. Yeah. You know, I think you guys point to on the parallels, you know, you look at Bowman this year, there's like five or six different colors. There's now, you know, there's red wave, there's red lava, there's red, like, you know, so they, every time we see these new parallels, like you said, that just means more bases being printed because those parallels yeah. have, them, you know, the, the odds of pulling just makes the base cards come out more. Uh, it, I think people have to, you know, just think about that. I, I think that just yeah. we're at the point, if it keeps on this track, that base cards just won't be graded. They just, not at all. Like yeah. you know, pop reports might stay low, like we might be surprised on Wander's pop because it just people might not grade them at fifty dollars each if they're only going to sell for a hundred. You know, there's not the risk isn't worth it. So I think that, like you said, kind of going going with the parallels, going with you like obviously all that stuff doesn't change. But I think in terms of that, just grading base, selling it, getting five x, that's long gone. 
Yeah. I do think, I do think there is a shift taking place from paper to Chrome. Yeah. I think we continue to see that prism kind of ushered that in. I think we're going to see it in baseball over the next couple of years where Chrome becomes like the bona fide flagship rookie. And the good thing about that is you're going to have fewer of them just by default because you have fewer cards in the boxes and, you know, in the retail and in the hobby side. So the pop reports will be lower and, and most of the time they're harder to grade too. So you're going to have lower pop counts in, in, on the gym mint side. So maybe that helps kind of, yeah. I don't know, the shift to base just becomes a shift from, from paper to Chrome. Yeah, maybe so. Definitely. Yeah. All things to consider for sure. And guys, make sure to put comments in the, the, the show notes here for sure. We'd love to hear what you think about all these key questions. Um, another one, they're really kind of a big one. <laughs> I think this kind of tailors to Mike and I's conversation as well. Um, with the way the game is changing, do you believe the ultra modern with high print runs and less likely hall of fame careers is in danger of being irrelevant long-term? And I know that sounds like overwhelming question, but my point is, is obviously we know that print runs are higher. We just talked about that. Also with guys like off days, six man rotations for pitchers, different things, guys aren't playing 162 very often at all. And so these running stats, like when you go look at like a Bryce Harper, who's a really good player, he's not really going to be hitting too many milestones as easily as we think. And so with that, like, how does that affect this era of baseball in terms of collecting? Is it going to be irrelevant? Are these, are we just going to be like, well, that guy wasn't even close to Mantle. That guy wasn't even close to Frank Thomas. Like what, what are we, uh, what's going to happen with this era if it kind of goes that way? I think, I think it's really easy because we're in the hobby to think that like normal collectors are thinking about hall of fame. Right. And I don't think that's true. Like you think about us as kids, us as collectors, right? When Griffey was was who Griffey was, or you know, Bonds was who Bonds was, and Bonds is even in the Hall of Fame, right? It's we weren't thinking about them being Hall of Famers. We were thinking about them as being like cultural icons. And so we did whatever we could to collect them. And I think that will be the case no matter what happens with print runs. Ronald Cunha, you know, Mike Trout. Juan Soto, you name it, right? Fernando Tatis, those guys are going to be icons that will collect and will always have staying power. And I don't think that's really necessarily going to change their ability to be collected. Okay. You no. Know? Yeah. So you're kind of you're kind of saying basically their status in the current time of us loving the game, watching the game is going to carry enough to not make the long-term milestones as, as important. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. And either way, it's like the current game you're watching when guys do things, you know, a guy hits three home runs, you get a little bump in his price. All that stuff's going to happen too, because people, you know, we're, we're an online world where things happen fast. People can post a card for sale anytime and just people yeah. run and jump at, you know, streaky guys. I think that's still going to happen as well, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I just had came with that question. Cause I was actually pretty shocked when Mike and I were looking at some of the guys, current guys stats and how they really yeah. weren't on pace for anything. Miggy's done. Like, no, like we couldn't find a guy that was going to, okay, that, can that guy get to 3000? Probably not. Can that guy get to 3000? Probably not. You know, that's, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, you're right. It, it is. It is. And that, that, I think it makes me want to go grab cards of those guys even more. Yeah. Uh, and then you just have to play the game a little bit differently with, with some of these newer guys. And you, I mean, not saying you can't go all in on them, but you just have to be aware that at a certain point, the big money might not go into certain guys if they don't have trajectory, you know, it is right. what it is. And it, it kind of like similar, like the Tom Brady thing for, for football, nobody's going to match Tom Brady's career. Nobody's probably going to match some of the things those vintage guys, those greats mm -hmm. have done. So that's yeah. another thing. Those things are going to be staying power for them for a long time as well. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, a lot of excitement around 2022. Uh, the products are it's potentially a jam-packed class with Series 2, Chrome, and Update. There's probably six to seven high-quality high prospects and then also Seiya as well coming from Japan. Um, how excited are you 2022, Ty? Are you just, are you extremely bullish? Um, where are you, where are you kind of, what are you feeling like? And maybe what are the ones you're looking forward to the most of the upcoming baseball products? I think this is huge. I mean, this year, can you imagine if we would have had last year's draft class or rookie class in this year's releases with considering the market, the way it is, it would have been a total bloodbath. Like I think it would have just yeah. kicked the hobby right in the kneecaps. Right. It'd been extremely tough it's almost kind of saved the hobby to a certain extent because the right. basketball draft class wasn't good. Now we had a terrible draft class for the NFL, like hobby wise. Yeah. This MLB draft class is, it's just got a lot of hype and I'm, I'm stoked, man. Like, but it does depend on what tops does. Yeah. We don't know what they're going to do with series two. We don't know what they're going to do with update. Like if they leave some guys out, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they already, they, they held wander back a lot longer than we thought, you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, my biggest thing is that I know a lot of people are bullish. I do. I have seen, seen some pretty good retail cases. I think retail is going to be a pretty strong play, especially for Chrome. Um, but seeing the Chrome hobbies at 500 a box to start, that just scares me just in the sense that this could yeah. be a jam-packed class. But just remind everybody that right now you can get a 2018 Topps Chrome box for 1100 And we know, what's in, we know what's in there. You know, Otani's in there. Acuna's in there. Like... Uh, I just, I just really worry about the coming out price on it. I think it's still going to be somewhat of a bloodbath, which just, I feel like that's that hobby dilemma we'll have the potential of a lot of great yeah. guys. Uh, you know, Torque's playing really well. Bobby Witt hit his first home run the other day. Julio hit his first home run the other day. Some guys starting to come around. Seiya's in a little bit of slump. It started hot. Like it, it could be jam packed. They could really push Seiya for that international uh, feel. But I, I'm just worried about that coming out price, that kind of the staying power that it will have because it's coming in so hot. That's my only kind of reservation with it and yeah. then obviously the print run aspect of it as well like is how how's that going to look for us is it going to be something we can only break like how many you know it's not gonna be really i can't really do very many personal boxes at 500 so yeah. and you know like what how are we going to approach this in terms of getting the product yeah a couple of thoughts on that one on the print run side and, and kind of the way the the distribution channel is working fanatics is, is throttling that a little bit. You can already, you're hearing it. You're hearing it from different, you know, breakers that they're, they're being, they're being capped. They're not being allowed to get certain stuff. They're not getting their hundred case orders anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that's shifting a little bit. Second, you make a really good point about retail. People tend to forget like three or four years ago, six or seven years ago, when we would have bad years and product would sit on shelves, that would typically mean that tops or panini usually tops would load up the next few products to get people to go back to retail, to grab them. And that's how they would clear the shelves. Mm -hmm. I, I would not be surprised if we see some really good retail runs, the next few releases to get people excited about it. Cause you, no one wants to see products sitting on shelves. Right. Tops definitely doesn't want to see that. Cause it just, this is a bad aura. And, and I don't know if it's just coincidence, but you know, 2022 Bowman just hitting, I've seen quite a few retail cases open to that and quite a few retail breaks of that. There is a ton of autos in color in retail this year. I, I feel like it's more than usual. So like kind of said, they're really stacking that retail side pretty high. Yeah. Um, I think I watched a, a, so I watched a one case was 40 blasters. Uh, there's eight autos in that and 40 wow. blasters. Wow. And there was 39, counting the autos, there was 39 color auto hits. So almost a hit per, per blaster. And that's, so, that's impressive. 
if they're going to do something like that with tops Chrome, then heck, you know, you're right. It's going to be flying off the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's some type of hit rate like that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Real quick, put you on the spot. Give me what guys make series two. So you got like Torque, Bobby Witt, Julio. Um, I don't know. I think Adley was should have been like opening day, but got the injury. And then yep. you have Saya. Like who who do you think is gonna hit series two? I think I think Witt makes series two. And I think Torque makes series two. I think they save Julio for update. And they probably save Saya for update as well. I think they kind of couple those together. I, they, I think everyone knew Wit was coming. Start. Yeah. He's going to be on the, the opening day roster, so I think they planned for him in series two. Right. Uh, it's probably my heart talking there, not my yeah. head, but that's that's the way I think they played it. What about you? I'd say I can probably agree with what you said. I think because Julio was surprised, people thought that Julio would start yeah. down. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Adley was already kind of geared up and he's like in series two. They're like, oh, but because they're gearing that up. I actually think they're going to push Saya for sure. I think just that international thing like they did with Hotani, I could see them trying to make sure they get his cards in there because they're, they they want to sell to more markets yeah. than us, us. So I think Saya is the one that I really feel is going to be for sure in series two in Chrome. And then there, I, I do think a 2-2 split, like you said, is probably a reasonable expectation. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either if they if they coupled Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez and put him in update. I mean that yeah. that is a strong couple rookies there to carry that product. Yeah, for sure. It's just as unfortunate. I really like to see. I really like to see Julio and Chrome, like uh, not just yeah. Chrome update because Chrome know. update it's a tougher product to to get. But yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. All right, let's kind of close this out. So of those guys we kind of talked about, who do you like to kind of crack maybe the top 20? I know it's kind of off the top of your head. I can kind of give you mine first um, if you'd like to kind of break it. Um, I kind of liked, I like. I think Paul Goldschmidt's a bit underrated. Back to that 2011 topic. Uh, yeah. He's been playing really well. He's got really long stayed numbers in terms of what he's done for, you know, with his career. And he's in a good market with the Cardinals. So I do like Paul Goldschmidt. He's right on the fringe. He's just behind Tatis right now at 21. Uh, Trey Turner, keep climbing with the Dodgers, being one of their best players. As long as he's healthy, he's putting up great numbers. And then I, I still, I think one guy that's consistently just not liked in the hobby for a lot of reasons is Manny Machado. And he is just yeah. playing, playing lights out right now. <laughs> he's, yeah. He hasn't hit two more home runs a night. Uh, like I think Lazardo had like eight K's, uh, gave it three hits. Two of the hits were home runs of Machado. So he's, uh, he's playing really well. And then I think Devers is always undervalued kind of four guys that kind of stand out to me. Yeah. Yeah. Th those are good. I'm, I'm trying to think of who was in the top 20 was judge in the top 20. He wasn't, but he's, he's a one to watch judge okay. was he's sitting at, I have him right here. Hold on. I just saw his name. He's at just after Machado. So he's right about 28. 27 okay right in that range yeah i mean that that's a no-brainer to me i mean aaron judge is probably going to be in there if he keeps doing what he's doing um you know a guy that i think is just severely underrated i don't think he'll necessarily be in the top 20 but he's just going to always be underrated is jose ramirez yeah 100 um it is what it is right he just doesn't seem like a very likable guy or at least a very hobby friendly guy maybe that's what it is he's right. not a guy that i uh, people gravitate towards but he, he's absolutely underrated I'd be interested to see if Jordan squeezes in there. He's having a pretty good year. Yeah. You know, is he in the top 30? He's not. He's super cheap. He's like 30 bucks because he's just, he's in that tough. 
sprint run product and DH only guy, but I think that he's going to start climbing a bit. I think his color and his stronger cards are doing a bit better, but yeah, yeah he's he's just in a tough product to climb. Like him and Bo Bichette aren't going to go anywhere with their 2020 Series 1. It's just going to be really tough. Um, yeah. But yeah, those, those guys are definitely good as well. You know, Bueller's pitching well. He's a guy to watch for like a pitcher as well. Uh, yeah. Some guys to think about, but definitely. What about Olsen? Is, what, what year was his yeah. rookie? I don't yeah, know. I got Olsen right here. He's in 2017. Okay. Um, he's sitting at 65, so he's about six spots out of the top 20. Um, okay. he's only, he only has a pop of 45. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So guy to think about there. Yeah, I mean, he's in Atlanta market's not exactly great, <laughs> but right. as we right. know with Freeman. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting list, to say the least. Interesting list for sure. But, uh, good yeah. work, dude. Your, your yeah. stats are just awesome. Hey, behind the numbers, man. That's what, uh, that's what I like to do get back there and crunch it out and, you know, talk to people that are knowledgeable about the hobby like yourself. Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, thanks thanks for joining me ty i appreciate it as usual yep. uh guys make sure to put uh comments in the show show notes there uh don't forget to follow me at numbers underscore behind and again check out chasing cardboard support ties uh, tv series that we're all excited about bench clear cool all See right ya. have a good one